Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. This is Tim Staples of Catholic Answers. I'm excited to let you know that I also teach high school apologetics for homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. There are also recorded independent learning courses at homeschoolconnections.com. Whether you take apologetics with me, literature with Joseph Pierce, or philosophy with Bill Donahue, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, it's a great way to get Catholic learning for your family. Hello and welcome to Real Living. This is Lavinia Spirito with Mary Lou Nemechek. We're going to continue speaking about this topic of aging, aging with grace. I mean, obviously, you know, even if you're 20 years old, tomorrow you're going to be a day older if God gives you that time, right? And right. if you're six tomorrow, you're going to be a day older. And if you're 99 tomorrow and if God gives you the grace of one more day, you're going to be older. So the the topic, the problem isn't so much getting one day older or one year older. It's the whole idea of how to deal with the whole process of aging. Now, I wish there was a different term I could use because aging in our culture has almost become a dirty word. You know, it's become uh, something that should be avoided at all costs, which, you know, like our our society does not like to talk about death. <laughs> death and aging are the two things people never want to talk about and want to avoid. And yet they're the two things that we can absolutely count on if, um, you know, especially aging, if God gives us the grace to, to get older and death comes for all of us. So I would like to kind of face headlong squarely these topics that nobody wants to talk about so uh and you know why because i'm aging you're aging everybody's aging right um but it seems like it hits the you know you kind of hit the acceleration button at a certain point you know (laughs) you know at a certain point you 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 just have to stop thinking that you know you can do the things that you used to be able to do right it, well, you, you calculate things too. You you say, well, I'm this age. If I if I buy this car, <laughs> am I going to have it for X number of years? You do silly things. You, yeah. you really recalculate things that you invest in and do sometimes. Or I'm going to take this trip now while I can. Right. You know, because you don't know whether something's going to come along where you're going to have to have a hip replacement or something's going to happen where you're not going to be as mobile. The thing is, that's the kind of calculus that we should all do, regardless of age, because, you know, I I mean, you know, when we're in our 30s and we buy a car and we just assume we're just going to have this car for a long time, but we don't know how long we have. I suppose that's the point. We should all calculate as if we have very little time left because we don't know. You know, we just have no guarantee of being around uh, for any length of time. So that's why I say that. 
aging is a gift because there I know plenty of people who didn't get to be 60, who didn't get to be 50, who didn't get to be 40, right? Who didn't get to be 30. Um, I know people who have died. Um, and that's a good, and that is, you know, if you die in grace, that is the ultimate, the ultimate goal, right? Is to go to the house of the father, right? To live with Jesus and the father and the blessed mother and all the angels and saints in glory. I mean, you know, come on. That's kind of what we're looking for, right? But every day that the Lord allows us to be on this earth is a day that he expects us to make the most of it and to receive his grace. And so that's why the topic of aging and death has been such a such a bugaboo in our culture. You know, in in other cultures, aging is is actually just an accepted phase of life and, and aging people are respected. You know, and the wisdom that they have to offer is also accepted and is actually sought after. And they occupy places of honor, you know, that kind of thing. Um, now, especially in the West, the whole idea of aging is like it's a huge at the very least, it's a huge inconvenience. Right. At the very worst, it's something that absolutely needs to be avoided at all. At all costs. But yet. It's going to happen, right? And it's there's that tension, right, between dreading aging and being grateful for aging. I I remember um, people related to me uh, kind of dreading the whole idea, you know, dreading, dreading, dreading um, and fearing. But unfortunately, that's not the kind of reaction that God wants us to have, right? Because if he does grant us another day, another month, another year, it's because he has something for us to do. And so dreading the coming of time that he has already granted us is doing what? Is saying, oh God, you don't know what you're talking about, right? You granted me this extra time, but I'm dreading it. Now, why are we dreading it? Why do you think people dread getting older, Mary Lou, in our culture anyway? Well, I think in our culture, the, the culture is focused on the young and that as you grow older, you are less valuable and um, the quality of your life will not be as good as when you were young, which I believe is, is not true. Because from my perspective, I can look back and see my grown children, see my grandchildren. And that to me is a blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's. It's all in in your own terms of perspective. And um, and I know each day is a gift from God because I know he can take you at any moment in time because he took my husband Mm -hmm. suddenly. So Mm -hmm. I know that death is around the corner. And so I think from my perspective, I want to be sure that I'm not wasting those days. I have, you know, I have those days where I think, gosh, this this my life has been a waste. I haven't accomplished enough. I haven't done enough. And I think that that's a that can be a real challenge when you, you know, kind of review some of the things that have happened. It's like, gosh, I wish I had done this. Right. Oh, I didn't cure cancer, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rats. I didn't cure cancer. I didn't make a gazillion dollars. I didn't, you know, who is who, who we know. Who knows the things that we that we think about, you know, and it's only really talk. That's why we need to have community because we need to talk these things out. How many times have I held on to really stupid ideas and you probably have too, and that were wrong. Right. And, but they only, only in talking about it to other people, did it really appear when I was saying it, how silly that idea was. Right. 
Right. Well, and, you know, the other thing is, is as you as you grow older, and we mentioned this in the last show, that we are still, the only term I can think of is young on the inside, mm-hmm. but on the outside, we may look like we've aged. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're really the same person, whether we are, you know, young or old. We have the, the same soul, mm-hmm. <laughs> the same goals. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think people kind of dismiss you because... From the outside, you're older. So, you know, really, are you, is your opinion really that important? Yeah, right. Do you matter anymore? Yes. And unfortunately, that's the message that comes across in the culture, in our Western culture anyway, uh, especially U.S. culture. Um, It used to be a lot less in Europe, but unfortunately, they've caught up with the U.S. in their total disrespect for age and their disregard for really, I mean, you know, you have those luminaries who, who manage to live to old age and are respected, but mostly it's because of the culture of celebrity, I think, not really because of the fact that people are being respected for the wisdom that they have acquired by being on this earth a little bit longer than anyone else, you know? So, and that's another thing that God gives us, the gift of other people's experience and wisdom. But as I was talking to somebody on the phone today, this morning, She's like, yeah, we have all this wisdom, but nobody ever wants to hear it. <laughs> you know, That's like you try right. to give advice to your kids and they have to go and smack their face up in the middle of all this experience that you're trying to give them. Right. So it's like everybody wants to have their own experience and everybody wants to smack their face into the reality of situations. And, and not too many people really want to hear about your wisdom. But just because people don't want to hear about your wisdom doesn't mean that we don't have wisdom. And it doesn't mean that we are called to give people the benefit of that wisdom, not imposing it upon them, but perhaps just being there. You know, I was reading today, where was it? It was a meditation in Magnificat. It was the morning meditation. And it was from Blessed Charles de Foucault who lived as priesthood among the poor Tuaregs in the desert of Algeria and was actually martyred by those natives eventually. He said, have that tender care that expresses itself in the little things that are like a balm for the heart. With our neighbors, go into the smallest details, whether it is a question of health, of consolation, of prayerfulness, or of need. As much as possible, be an element of consolation for those around us as a soothing balm, as our Lord was towards those who drew near to him. So in other words, be there for people. I think that's also a great way that we can offer the benefit of our hard-earned wisdom. We can exert our influence in the smallest details, in everyday sickness, in stress, in trouble. We too can be agents of love. And that doesn't change when we get older. If anything, we have a better opportunity to be there for people, to listen to them, you know, to be there for them. You know, what I have, um, I saw recently that the number of people that survived the concentration camps is dwindling down to such a small number. And knowing so much about the war and what happened and so on and so forth, it was a part of the culture that I grew up in because, you know, my parents and many others lived through that. And, you know, it's so sad to see those people pass away because, you know, if you look at the culture, they were persecuted. They were killed. The ones that survived, they forgave those that did that to them. They let, you know, 
very interesting, righteous lives in spite of what they um, what they experienced as the ones that are still living now as young children. And, you know, there's there's something to be said for these these times and these people that went through just unimaginable tragedies mm-hmm. live to an old age and you you admire what they went through in today's culture it's harder to find those groups of people that you admire what they went through you know because they're or you admire how they handled what they went through. yes yes right. exactly the, the, yes the things that right exactly well um <clears throat> i thought this was a, a interesting quotation from henry nowen who is a writer um Basically, when we get older, we end up doing a lot of waiting, don't we? We wait patiently, hopefully, or maybe impatiently. But we have what? The expectation finally of the end, right? This is what he said. The challenge of aging is waiting with an ever greater patience and an ever stronger expectation. It's waiting with an ever greater patience and an ever stronger expectation. It is living with an eager hope eager hope it is trusting that through christ and here he quotes romans 5 2 we have been admitted into god's favor and we look forward exultantly to god's glory because in the end what is aging except for heading towards god's glory right what a gift to be able to do that and yet there are people who who, when they grow in age, are tempted to settle down in a routine way of living and say, well, I've seen it all. There's nothing new under the sun. I'm just going to take it easy and take the days as they come. Well, yes, of course, we need to take it easy and take the days as they come. But sometimes when we think that we've seen it all, we lose, and this is what Henry Nouwen says, but this way our lives lose their creative tension. We no longer expect something really new to happen. We become cynical or self-satisfied or simply bored. I have met older people that that are like that, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. And they have a little routine each day and they just stick with it. And, um, and it's, it's, it's very sad, but it's a very easy thing to, to happen to people because as you, as you lose your friends, they move away, they may pass away, you know, that center, that, that you're grounded with may be disappearing. So it's going to take some effort to find other outlets. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes some effort to sometimes um, advise your, your children, Hey, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Let's do something. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to keep, you cannot retire from the world. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it takes humility in a certain mm-hmm. sense, because I know plenty of people who expect the world to come to them. You know, they're like, well, I'm here. They know where I am. And I'm like, okay, fine. That's fine. But you know where they are too. And if the, and if the scope of our lives is to be on mission, to be there for people, then if, even if we owe it to them to be there for them, even if they're not seeking us out, does that make sense? Absolutely. And that's, you know, I, I have to struggle with that sometimes, not because I expect the world to come with to me, but because I had my mother and my grandmother and a a few other people I'm related to who had that kind of attitude that, well, I'm here, you know, and they, I would say, well, did you see your friend or did you see blah, blah, blah. And they would say, no. And I'm like, well, why not? Well, they didn't call. 
or they didn't reach out or they didn't. And I'm like, yeah, I understand there's maybe a component of hurt that you think that people haven't called or reached out. But really, the way to survive is to be with people who care for you and who you care for as well, not just for your own sake, but for their sake as well. So I, I'm, I'm really big into um, reach out even if you haven't been reached out to. You know, that's humility. You know, we always pray about growing in humility. Well, you know, those of us who pray for humility, which is a dangerous prayer, right, is, well, Lord, this too is an opportunity to grow in humility, you know, to, to make the first step, to, to, to be the first one to call, to be the first one to text, to be the first one to, to email. Because in the end, what do we have to lose? Our dignity? I mean, you know, what do we have to lose if we reach out first? This image of a person that everybody wants and they never have to reach out to anybody? Is that what we're trying to hold on to? I mean, what are we trying to hold on to when we are always want to be the last one to reach out? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, it's like, it's so silly. It's just like you have to wait for somebody to be diagnosed with a terminal illness before you tell them that you love them. You know, that happened to, to a friend of mine, you know, who was diagnosed four or five years ago with a, with a terminal illness, which eventually took her life. And I had to like start saying, Tell her I loved her every time I talked to her. You know, why do you have to wait for a terminal diagnosis before you let your guard down enough to tell people how much you care for them? Because in a way, that's a self-defense mechanism, isn't it? I mean, that's because they may not say they love you back or they may reject your love or they may think you're too touchy-feely or too, you know what I'm saying? Who knows what people think, you know? Um but I've had to just grow a lot in kind of as I age, being the one who maybe takes a chance of getting of looking foolish. Because in the end, what is our, our fear? It's a fear of looking foolish, right? It's a fear of looking weird. It's a fear of being rejected. In the end, that goes back down to shame and rejection and all that stuff, right? But right. we truly belong to the Lord. We know that he guides our steps. And whenever we reach out and we do what he tells us to do, he will protect us. And so, yes, maybe sometimes we will look needy or maybe we will look, um, you know, like we're, we're reaching out or maybe we're taking the first step or maybe, you know what I'm saying? It's like a certain set. We just have to have the wherewithal to figure out what our much vaunted dignity is worth. Right. And is it really dignity? Well, and again, your circumstances are always changing because if you're, if you're married and you're widowed, you know, there's a change in the relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, you're thrown in with different groups. Mm -hmm. Um, it's you have to adjust and it's a and you have to do it in your way in your time and so forth and i would you know say to people don't forget those people they're the same person as exactly. when they're married touch base with them mm-hmm. you know it's couples that well you know that that relationship kind of i don't want to say ends but it changes and you have yeah. to make sure that change still includes you mm-hmm. and in in the culture um i think we have a tendency to think everybody's okay because they have these material things they have money that they could travel you know they can do certain things that doesn't make you happy That's your right. relationships with other people is what makes you happy mm-hmm 
those relationships with other human beings are the opportunities that God gives you to work in people's lives. And if you don't see anyone or do anything, then, you know, you're rejecting all of those opportunities. And, you know, I pray for them all the time because uh, I am alone now. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, you have to make a decision and, (laughs) you know, if it's if it's going to mass and going to church all the time to be around people, that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you got to figure out how to how to live your life at different stages of aging. Mm-hmm. That's right. And there's no two situations alike. And you have to be flexible and you have to, you know, put yourself in positions that that you may be uncomfortable sometimes. Um but you have to make the effort, as you were saying. Mm-hmm. Just to make the effort. And the effort is a spirit inspired most of the time, you know, because the Holy Spirit is not a spirit of alienation or isolation. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of God who pushes us towards other people, right? right. Pushes us primarily towards God, but pushes us to other people for, for their sake and for our sake. So that's um, that's our show today on aging. Join us next time. Thank you for joining us. This episode is brought to you by Hallow, the number one Catholic app. Hallow has 1,000 audio-guided prayers and meditations for you to deepen your relationship with God. To listen to all of the Hallow meditations for free for 30 days, head to hallow.com slash breadbox.